dude, the Ricky Rubio retirement kind of messed me up a little bit. Can I just jump right in? Can I just just, just it. share it with you guys? It's kind it's, of serious. I was really ruminating on this today. Like I got emotional because like I remember I remember watching like the 2008 Olympics with my dad and watching this guy, you know, a few years older than me, just destroying dudes. It was Ricky Rubio. And I remember raving about it with my dad. And like that's a, like it's like a core memory. It was just talking hoops with my pops. And then with you guys, like talking about Ricky, like in our dorm room in 2014, the few days I was actually there. <laughs> and uh, it just, okay, this is where it gets serious. I know I'm like kind of being a piece of shit and smiling, but like it gets serious now. It makes you think about like the stereotype that all dudes talk about is sports, 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 sports. It's all we have the capacity to talk about with each other. Um, but like our relationships, and conversations get centered around sports and it opens up the doorway to real and meaningful conversations, right? It's like no secret. And this is a passion point of mine. It's no secret that like men in our modern Western society are stunted emotionally are going through a mental health crisis. And oddly enough, I think the shared experience of sports like helps that it helps mitigate that because we get our foot in the door with the sports talk. And then we open up and talk about other things with each other. That's more serious. Like we talk about sports all the time. Us three, we have a fucking podcast, but like, we've also had our serious conversations about our struggles and our difficulties in life. And that's possible because we talked about sports with each other in 2011. And the whole Ricky Rubio thing messed me up because it makes me think about how beautiful shared interest can be and how beneficial it is for men's mental health. And also made me think about the passage of time and like how I've grown up. I'm getting like sad and like how I've watched my dad get old and become like a grandpa. I've, I've known you guys for 13 years now. It's almost half my life. And we met in college. I'm like, damn, like time. Holy shit. That's my rant. What do you think about that? I'm, um, time, time really passes. I, I was expecting this to be much more Ricky Rubio focused, <laughs> not just like not Ricky Rubio me. retired. It, and I had a midlife <laughs> crisis. Because of it. it is, it is fair though, because I feel like we use, like, with sports and and athletes in particular, we use those as like benchmarks for time. And you're Damn. like, like we've talked about this before, but the amount of players that are younger than us, like the amount of players that are older than us, left in the NBA. Yeah. are are fewer and fewer every year um so when it's somebody like ricky where that's a benchmark from being like i remember when he was in the league and the and the memories that were or the the time of life i was in uh-huh. and then being like well now he's done where am i like it it, it yeah. is a it is a wild thing i i think that's i think that's very poignant a uh, very poignant point um and i agree with it i think a lot of bonding experiences are surrounded by or are are aided by sports. I mean, our most active group chat is is just yes, verbally processing basketball. Um, that's like a big re- like a big bonding point for me and my dad growing up. Um, watching the Vikings be terrible together and having that shared trauma bonding experience. But um, I it's kind of an equalizer. Like that's something uh-huh. that we talked about before like you show up at a party and you don't really know anybody and you're like what te- what sports team do you root for okay i know players on the team let's talk about this and then it leads into deeper meaningful conversation oh you like the panthers in 2001 what about tim biakabatuko what a running back he was <laughs> what a pull buckle up hotties it's time to talk some hoops Welcome to Crunch Wears No Pants with Brandon, Nate, and Jordan. What's poppin', Bandy people? Welcome to a very pensive and very emotional episode of Crunch Wears No Pants. I am Jordan, the soft boy Alamat. That is Brandon, Dua Lipa's husband, Beck, and over there is Nate, the stash Alsdurf, and we are the bosses of the Hoops Department of PullTabSports.com. Make it your homepage. Make sure you vote for Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, and Rudy Gobert at www.nba.com backslash all-star for all-star voting. And make sure you drape yourself up in freaking unreal lamb chops and Duke Cannon. Boys, it finally happened. My nerves of yester month have come have come true. We suck now. Oh God, <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> I think we should do this. I want it, I want Jordan to lead in. I feel like I should go second because I have a little bit more negative and then maybe Beck tails off at the end Ooh, was that interesting yeah we can do that after we freaking so, I mean, talk my, about my thing isn't never mind i was just gonna say my thing isn't positive my thing's just like calm down hang on okay we want to talk about vibes we'll get into vibes after we show some love to unreal it took longer than we thought but it's finally cold outside like for real which means it's cozy season which means you need unreal okay i know you may be lounging in like your high school sweatpants and some ratty sweatshirt. No, 
You can you can get some cozy stuff from Unreal that you can wear on the couch or to the country club. All right, they got the joggers, they got the crossover hoodies, and more. Plus, when you use the promo code Pull Tab Fifteen, I almost did it again. I don't try to do the pull tab or the po tab, but it just happens. But yeah, Pull Tab Fifteen at unrl.co, you'll get fifteen percent off your order. Real sports journalism is dead. We only care about vibes now, gentlemen. How are the freaking vibes since we last recorded? Uh, we're 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 on a two game losing streak. It finally happened. The vibes are kind of rocky on oh, the internet. No. The vibes are kind of rocky on Twitter from Wolves Twitter, and we are all going to do our round table about round table regarding the vibes of the team. Per Durf's request, I will start this week. Um, I feel oddly at peace with it. I don't. I try not to get emotional before the All Star break. It's an 82 game season. Things go up, things go down. I'm not going to say the Dune reference. It's too early for the Dune reference. I refuse to say it because teams, they, they go up and they go down. And I was talking to my friend Tucker about this. I don't want a team in the playoffs that hasn't gone through any adversity. I don't want to just coast at number one. And like, if you don't have any, like, if you don't work through anything, then you don't have any resiliency, resiliency when the playoff comes. So I think, I think things are fine. Teams lose sometimes. And I'm mentally prepared for this. It took 30 years and a mental breakthrough from Ricky Rubio retiring to get to this point. So those are my vibes. Uh, do we want to go to Durf or do we want to go to Brandon? Kind of want to go to Durf. Durf's been teasing some stuff in the group chat and earlier in the episode. Yeah. I'm kind of like, what's going on? I'm ready. Uh, rare Durf prepared segment. <laughs> Not off the cuff improv. All right. Uh, He's just going to talk about Kyle Anderson. <laughs> we're just going to do a, we're just gonna do a, a, a 20 minute ad libs again. We're going to do the 20 minute mad tips again. <laughs> You're gonna have to fast forward through this whole segment. All right, Derf. All right, I'm gonna to need me. 17 nouns. <laughs> 14 oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. Um well, hey, we learned for next time. No, there's been two references to the Wolves Hot Box scores episodes. So go back and listen. It was a great episode. It was Solomon's it was awesome. Good. It was awesome. Um all right, my vibes are fine. Um, and I actually think the general vibes around the the team and fans, generally speaking, are okay. Um, I feel like the people that you are have not been in my mentions. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. To to continue on my point is that I think the people that are freaking out, a lot of them are just like just watching the Wolves now. Like I, th- I think there's like a lot of bandwagon fans that are just like, well, the Vikings were terrible, and I'm moving my way over to the Timberwolves, okay. and now they're bad. I'm not saying all of them are, but I'm saying yeah. generally speaking, I think the majority of fans are like. I understand that it's a long NBA season and this is not the first time this has happened in the Minnesota Timberwolves. But I also think it's important to look at the micro and macro. Um, the macro is things are going to be okay. We're, we are going to, it's a long NBA season. There's a lot of ups and downs, et cetera. Um, but the situation is that we are 500 over our last eight games. However, we, acknowledging that those eight games or that those four teams that we lost to are playoff teams. They have a combined record of 88 and 49. They're good basketball teams. So it's not like we're just losing to the Hawks again or Washington or whoever. That's um, a nice little stat. Bro. We haven't even played Washington yet. That's two, that's two losses right there. <laughs> that's horrifying. We're already, horrifying we're already off on our, on our predictions. But um, th- we, there's been struggles. I mean, our, the lockdown defense that we've grown accustomed to has wavered. The hot shooting that we've seen has kind of kind of sputtered outside of Ant. Um and there's been problems with the bench scoring. The the passing has been great, but no one is scoring. Wait, outside. hang on. The bench is allowed to score. <laughs> they can do that. If you if you paid attention to the first twenty uh, some games, uh, uh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, that. there was there yeah. was some bench scoring going on. Um, and I just it's been it's been a struggle to watch Kyle Anderson play basketball. We love Kyle Anderson. We do. He's great. He's great on defense. He does a lot of good things. He cannot score the basketball right now, and he is in a very apparent slump. The fact that he's getting the ball with five seconds left in the shot clock and then passing it to somebody else in the corner with like two seconds left, and they're forcing up a prayer instead of him taping, taking an open look because nobody's within 20 feet of him is a struggle. And um, our our rebounding has been a struggle the last couple of games. We've been out, re- out we were out rebounded on the offensive end, four to sixteen by the Knicks, and we were out rebounded out rebounded on the defensive end, thirty two to twenty against the Pelicans. And I didn't even realize this so till after just, the game. 
I didn't even just realize. a little context. It's it's worth mentioning that the Knicks and Pelicans are two of the best offensive rebounding teams in the NBA. Yeah, but just we're for also, some context around that, we're also the number one team in the West. So I don't want to hear excuses, Brandon. Oh, <laughs> he's got the math numbers. How does it feel, math number boy, to be it's, out math it, numbered it is, on your own podcast, Brandon? It is relevant, but I just really struggle with. I didn't even know this until Marnie said it in the post uh, cast, but that. Mike Conley and Jaden McDaniels had zero rebounds combined in the last game. And that's two of your starters and your starters are playing obviously majority of the minutes. You just can't do that. Um, I can yeah. really tell the Vikings. You're, I can tell you're out on the Vikings because you're talking about the Wolves the way you talk about the Vikings with great precision and detail. I'm like, holy shit, Durf is so <laughs> out on the purple right now. Oh my God. Dude, I'm sorry. Mics are out, dude. It's, it's, knows, on, it's on the pod. The it's official. Right. Anyway, Keep okay. Keep I, I'm I'm not going to go super deep because I want to I want to have more of a discussion and I want this to be just a, a soliloquy. But um, I just, we need to see more J-Mac on the floor. I need to see right now less Kyle Anderson minutes right now. I want him to still be, I still think he's an important part of this team, but right now I want to see a little bit more TBJ. That is a personal opinion, but we need somebody that can shoot the ball and he's not seeing the floor at all. And he was a really important spark plug when we were on some of those longer win streaks. Um, And we just don't have any other like tertiary scoring options right now. Yeah, And, And he's hot. And I just am begging. I love Cat. We all love Cat. I'm begging for him to take a step back three consistently or transition threes and stop hunting fouls because he's throwing his body at the floor. And then there's a transition bucket on the other end because he's and I love him. He's not getting those calls and it's a waste of time. And he's the best three point shooter on the team. Anyway, did you see that? That one. I forgot what game was. Was it the next game where he like. Started to drive to the behind the back dribble step back three. I'm like, what? yeah, when he hit the yeah in the one yeah. in transition to cut the lead to four. It was so sick, Brandon. What do you? How are your vibes? My, your, my, la- my oh, last oh, thing because I, I want to. I'm just going to end on a positive note. the The reality check is the world isn't ending. We are seven and five through the tough one of the toughest stre- stretches of the season, and our guys aren't playing the best. So it's going to be fine. But those are just some things that we can clean up. Um and. I have a funny note that I just wanted to call out really quickly. I was looking over to high, high turnover rates for the for the Wolves uh-huh. and how like we've been talking a lot about how the turnovers have been an issue and whatever. Um, I was looking at the stat muse, but um, when the Wolves have a losing record when committing less than 11 or less fouls per game, uh, they're three and four. And this is true when you isolate it even more. So like 10 or fewer, nine or fewer, et cetera. And the Wolves are five and one where they have 19 or more turnovers per game. Wait. So the key to victory, if we have 19 or more it's to turn it over a lot, we need to turn over the ball a ton. If we want to sure. keep winning games, well, they're doing their best right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was okay. So when I was going through this, I was like looking at some of the issues in the games most recently. And I'm like, okay, so like bad rebounding, you know, not scoring off the bench and then, turnovers and I was like oh I wonder if we turn over the ball less and the more and more deeper duper I went I'm like oh we're way worse when we barely turn over the ball so we got to turn out turn it over 19 or more times and we'll win that's crazy Brandon your response your vibes what do you make of Durf's rant what do you make about the state of the team go baby so I mean I think a lot of the points that that you brought up there are good I like I agree I think we should see more Jordan McLaughlin minutes as kind of a spark i think that i think that kyle anderson is obviously not playing well right now and it makes sense to find different ways to like use troy brown jr maybe like i know a lot of people want to see leonard miller i think we've maybe jumped the shark a little bit on second round pick leonard miller's prospects yeah uh, of immediately helping the team but that stuff, like, I think that stuff, like, can help, like, marginally, but I think we're really kind of overestimating the impact of, like, changes to the eighth and ninth man in the rotation in, like, a 15-minute role. Like, the issues that we're seeing offensively now are way, way bigger than that. And and for me, just, like, how are the vibes? Like, the vibes are obviously not good right now. Um I've kind of turned into like the 
I've kind of turned into like a the positivity warrior on Twitter for the last like week. Who saw it coming? Like no one saw it coming. Like constantly just like trying to put things in perspective. But I don't think I don't want like my message is not that because they have a good record, we just need to be like, oh, everything's good, everything's fine. We don't need to worry about anything. I think it's fair to acknowledge that they're not playing well. I think it's fair to acknowledge there are areas that they need to improve. I think we need to relax a little bit, though, and understand that this happens to every team in the NBA every year, regardless of how good they are, is there are going to be stretches of games where they don't play well, where they get things get exposed, they adjust, they fix things. For me, I look at the offense and and I just think it's a, it falls really squarely on on Ant and Cat's shoulders. Um, I think Cat and Ant have both been kind of are both similarly accountable with, to the issues that they're having right now, and I think we're just kind of Cat is catching the brunt of the the brunt of the uh, reaction the to it. Yeah, yeah, Cat's catching the brunt of that because. Ant is making shots and and he isn't. And Kat like has just a little bit of like the, they talk about on Gleeman and the Geek for the twins all the time. They talk about freezer burn, like the guys that you've had on your team for longer. You're just kind of like you people just kind of grow more and more sick of them. So people mm-hmm. are going to jump to Kat in that thing. And that's to say, like I said, I think the problem lies with both of them. And I tweeted about this today. Jay sent out a clip of when Jordan McLaughlin was on the floor, a really good offensive set that they ran that got Ant and Ant one. I just think those two guys are just holding it too long right now. Like they talk a lot about the ball movement and Finch really presses on like, we need to do the ball movement, the ball movement. And in that first half yesterday, like the, they can say the ball movement was better. They were passing more but it's not about like it's not about just hitting some set number of passes it's not when you're practicing in high school and you're working against a zone and coach says five passes before a shot that's not what ball movement is supposed to inspire what really matters is are you making your decision are you making decisions and are you making them quickly and decisively and right now neither cat or ant is doing that um Right now, it's a lot of holding. It's a lot of sizing up. It's a lot of that ant, like two, three dribbles between his legs while a defense rotates over and loads up on you. I, I So I think, like I watched, we took multiple shot clock violations in the gross. first half of that game mm-hmm. yesterday because guys were getting good looks and in the interest of ball movement, they were just swinging it over to the next guy. That was a problem like, even when we were winning, though. Be, I was noticing that as well. It was like, it was like extra, like, that's always guilty of making the extra pass to Nikhil. It's like, Kat, love that attitude. Shoot it. I want you to shoot yeah, it. I don't so want Nikhil just, to shoot it. So it's just for me, it's not about, like, it's not selfish to take shots. It's not selfish to attack the paint. But you need to be doing those It's in like, in like a .5 set tally. Like, you need to catch the ball and you need to be like, Pass, attack, shoot. And like you like as as you make those decisions, like the chain reaction, it becomes harder and harder to defend as each person makes those quick decisions. And they talk about this on Dane's pod a lot. Uh, future guest the Jace. pod, Dane Moore. Future guest in the pod. Future Dane guest Moore. on the pod. <laughs> For guestuary. This is the type of thing that has made Nas Reed really effective in the past, right? Is Nas gets the ball and he's quick and decisive with what he does. You know what I mean? Nas gets the ball and within one second, you know if he's passing, attacking, or shooting. And I think we need to get back to that collectively mm-hmm. as a group. And I think mm-hmm. at and Ant and Cat kind of lead the charge there because those guys have the ball the most often. Um, and what? I think if we started to do that, you would just kind of see a lot of these offensive woes just kind of melt away around that what do we make i have two things what do we what do we make about the the rudy regression kind of not as intense on defense a little bit uh not as impactful on on offense am i just am i just am i just 
making things up? Do we have any response to that? I think I think it's all I think it falls on the on the big three though. I think Cat's been lazy on defense. He's not rotating and doing the things that were so great. Um, Ant's becoming a hero ball guy again, and Rudy's kind of going back like twenty five percent. That bothers me. Have you guys been noticing that? Am I tripping? What do you think? There, you got anything? So, or Brandon. Well, I was just going to say, I thought that I was when I was looking at stats, doing a little show prep. And to be completely honest, Rudy, like the the high level basic numbers, like the rebounding, the points, the the plus minus when he's on the court has actually been not as terrible for Rudy. It's been really bad in the losses, but it's been bad for the whole starting lineup mm-hmm. in the losses. So okay. I'm less concerned about Rudy than I think I had been with the eye test. He's been getting into foul trouble a little bit more recently, which is a concern. But, I mean, Rudy Gobert's got a 10-year career of being an elite defensive player and avoiding foul trouble, so I trust him to figure that out. All right. I I was just going to say, I do think, yeah, like the defensive unit as a a whole is struggling. I think that they're – the losses come to mind because those are most recent. Um, but there's been a lot more transition buckets. I feel like on defense, I don't have the numbers to prove that, but just from the eye test, it feels like there's been more. Um, and then also it just feels like guys aren't as deterrent away from going into the lane as they had been. But again, that's an overall defensive thing for sure. And then it's also, we've been playing guys that are just more have that bulldozer. That's more like a downhill runner, um, going at the, at the rim. And that's obviously like that that's going to cause more fouls for Rudy, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and if he has more fouls, he yeah. can't give like a good effort. Yeah, I think yeah. I agree. I think the perimeter. Oh, I was just gonna say, I think yeah. the perimeter defense has has been has been worse. And I think that's why we're seeing more guys getting to the paint with mm-hmm. a full head of steam. Um, but also um over this tough 12 game stretch, as as much as it seems like defense has slipped, they still have the fourth best defensive rating in the NBA over this 12 game stretch, which is really a testament to kind of what we've come to expect from this group. And that's not to say like the games that they've lost have been like huge breakdowns. Like the OKC game was horrible. Like they spread them out. They, they picked them apart with back cuts. The same thing happened in the Knicks game. There have a lot of, they've been getting beat by a lot of cuts. Um, What's so funny. You said spread them out. And I was like, yeah. He he he, he gave me the. I didn't see that. that. Look, oh, that, bro, look, that look gets me every time. I'm always giving Durf looks while you're talking. I mean, yeah, Durf usually I can hold, a zoom all the time. Usually I can hold nice. it together, but I noticed it too late. Um, yeah, I hear you, Brandon. I uh, do. Let's talk about. Can we talk about this cat quote and how to your freezer yeah. burn point? How like? All right, yeah. I'm gonna read the quote that he said in the post game yesterday. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns. We found success and it was sustaining. So sustaining success gets kind of boring. It gets monotonous. Monotonous. We've been okay being bored. We've got to be okay going out there and doing the same exact thing every night, regardless if we want to get cute and show more of our talent. We've just got to go out there and find ways to win. Just fall back. It's a good learning experience for us in this season. I've seen people defending this vehemently. I've been seeing people going, "Oh, Carl, you're sick of success after 20 games." Blah. Do we have a Do we have a Crunch Personal Pants official statement for? Our response to Kat's quote. What do we think of that? Uh, I mean, I think I think we all are aligned on that being like dumb that people are like assuming that Cat is pro being bored, like and and it's like an intentional thing. He's more so. I think he's just drawing attention to what is pretty obvious. Um, so I don't. I, I don't really think. I think it's a boring take to be like, oh, really? Like you're bored winning that must be so hard for you like it's stupid um i i did see the freezer burn thing was interesting because i did see a couple people i can't remember who it was tweeting about how different our reaction or the general public reaction would be if it was ant tweeting or uh saying that same quote because to me it's like it totally is a it is a like we've come to expect we we're used to cat we know his tendencies He's gone stale, if you will, to certain parts of the fan base. And mm-hmm. so they're like they're like seeking out the negativity of the quote and reading it in like the worst possible tone or not reading it, but hearing it in the worst possible tone. Yeah, I took it as like we have to 
this is like for us to learn that we can't just go into autopilot and we have to be intentional. It feels like he's trying to learn like winning habits, like how to sustain even more winning habits. And is and that's how I took it. Like, oh, I think it was kind of a it was a weird articulation, but I read it. I was like, oh, I guess he just wants to learn like how to maintain that intensity for an extended period of time. Brandon, look like you're about to say something. Am I right or am I wrong? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just I think we're just on the hunt for weird for drama. quotes and people people really want to take everything he says and twist it in the worst way. I think it was a pretty normal quote. And I think it's a pretty normal human experience, like doing the same thing over and over again, regardless of whether it's working or not gets boring. This is a thing that happens. And this is at a much larger scale, but this happens with championship teams. A lot is like, it's called like the disease of more as, as teams, as, as the group succeeds Everybody becomes more, everybody becomes like under the idea that they are capable of more because of that. And so then everyone wants a bigger bite of the pie, but the pie is not getting any bigger. What kind of and pie is it? A Rubart. victory pie. <laughs> victory pie. Carl, I need Carl. I know Carl's a member of Panty Nation. Look what you've done. You stop saying funny, weird things. You say serious things and everyone goes into a tizzy. It's all the same. So I need you to say more wild shit, bro. Come on, cat. Give me the juice. Give me the hot gas. All the serious stuff. I'm over it. I want to see what movies are made of. Do we have any other vibey things we want to talk about? Or should we get into our fun segment, which is very fun? Do we just dive in? Um, Yeah, I say we just go for it. I, I do it. Clo- closing statement. Closing statement <clears throat> yes. is it's. Closing statement is they lost two in a row. They're one of 30 teams this season to do that. Uh, it's going what? to be fine, guys. <laughs> Just because they lost two games in a row doesn't mean they've secretly been bad this whole time. It doesn't mean they need to fire the coach. And it doesn't mean they need to trade Carl Anthony Towns. It just means they have some things they need to figure out. Dude, I'll be I'll be scrolling Twitter and I'll just be sweating reading all these 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 high velocity intense conversations that Brandon's having with very with very negative nellies and I get I start perspiring I get so sweaty and I stink and that's why I have Duke Cannon locked and loaded all the freaking time in my household because I'm scrolling Twitter getting sweaty because of Brandon and Duke Cannon saves me with their high quality grooming products for hard working working men in men okay the latency we got we got to forget that we can't start on ing i know we can't we can't chant over zoom because it doesn't work but yo duke cannon has got the good smells for the dudes and masculine people in your life the deodorants the the hair care the body wash it's thick it's viscous we've been talking about it for years i'll say it again we haven't talked about it because i kind of went away from it for two months the thick body wash it has exfoliating properties I love showering. I'll go out of my way to shower more than I have to, which could be bad for your hair and skin, apparently. But I want to because I smell so good when I come out the shower. And my dog goes, oh, that's nice. And my wife goes, you smell nice. So my dog, it likes it more. Oh, I shouldn't. That's going to be cut. You can't say that. That I was just doing a bit, but that was a stupid that was advertising. <laughs> <laughs> your dogs, dogs can hate talk. it if you, the, the you dogs listen, hate it dogs can but talk. the women in your life love it bro duke cannon <laughs> get right it's at target or at dukecannon.com all right for our fun bit this week in honor of marvel's what if season two which i heard is good brandon i think hates it but i heard it's good it's not, um, it's good. not very good i haven't even well, seen it and i, I think they completely good. I think they completely missed the boat on what I what I want from a what if series. Well, it the doesn't what need if... to be an interconnected universe where they all come together in the last two episodes. Yeah, they, yeah. So I guess that's a good caveat. So if you're not familiar, the what if TV show is like kind of like an alternate reality of Marvel. It, the what if comics are sick. It's like what if the Avengers met in Omaha? It's just like all these insane. It's all these insane alternate histories and alternate realities. So we thought it'd be cool. And we tease this on Twitter to go through some Timberwolves what ifs. So we each have a big one that we've distinguished as a big one. And if we miss one, don't worry. We will be doing this again because it's very fun and very insightful. So we've all picked one and we're going to talk about what if something changed? What if Michael Beasley truly was the chosen one, as I believed? How would the Timberwolves be if that happened? Uh, <laughs> you know, so so the three that we have are what if Ru- Ricky Rubio never tore his ACL? The other is what if Stefan Marbury never left? And Brandon, I forgot the one you had because I'm a bad host. Uh, 
Mine is what if the Wolves traded for Allen Iverson? That's the yes. best one. I want to start off. So we, we've all like done research on the context around these situations, some stats. We're going to talk about it. Brandon, let's talk about 2007. Let's talk about what if the Timberwolves paired Allen Iverson with Kevin Garnett. Give it to us. All right. So it is the, to set the stage, it's the 06-07 season uh, on December 19th after Many rumors linking the Timberwolves to uh, Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson was unfortunately traded from the Philadelphia 76ers to the Denver Nuggets. He was traded to the Denver Nuggets for a 37-year-old Andre Miller, an impending free agent Joe Smith, and two first-round picks. Uh, at the time of the trade, the Wolves were ele- were 10 and 11, and they went on to finish that season 32 and 50. And that offseason, they traded Kevin Garnett. I believe they should have traded for Allen Iverson, especially when you consider the fact that that after the season was over, like they they sat there and they hoarded these assets, which quite frankly is just not a lot of assets for a player of Allen Iverson's caliber at that point in his career. They they curl clutched the assets only to never push chips in with Kevin Garnett ever again, only to finish that seat to peter out that season and then just give up on the Kevin Garnett window. They could have made this trade work relatively easily. Allen Iverson was making 17 million dollars that season. Oh my God, uh, Brandon fired up the picks. retroactive trade machine. Sorry, I just think it's funny that you fired up the 2007 trade machine. He's in the this. internet archives right now. <laughs> yeah, keep going, Brandon. Right, reset, they, Brandon. What's, they the, owned, what's the deal? They owned all their picks, so they easily beaten an offer in terms of picks. They had Ricky Davis, Marco Yarich, Mark Blunt. Those were all contracts that they could have potentially aggregated together to get to a number that made sense with 17 million. In addition to, they had Randy Foy in his rookie year who made an all rookie team uh, coming off being a, a, a lottery pick. So that's a valuable trade asset as well. They had the pieces to make this trade work. And Allen Iverson wanted to play with Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett wanted to play with Allen Iverson. And I mean, the what if for me, I'm not, going to sit here and say that they would have won a bunch of championships because of it. But I am going to sit here and say that that extends Kevin Garnett's career with the Timberwolves potentially to the point where he plays his, the entirety of his 21 year career with the Timberwolves, because obviously they don't trade Kevin Garnett in the off season that year. If they're going into that off season with a foundation of Allen Iverson and Kevin Garnett. And I think those two guys were perfectly complementary players of each other, right? Because Kevin mm-hmm. Garnett was one of the greatest defensive players ever, the ultimate team guy, the dirty work guy. But the knock on Kevin Garnett was always that he he didn't want to be the offensive hub, right? He didn't want to take charge and be the offensive guy. They kind of had to to push on him to do that. Well, Allen Iverson was going to come in and do that. Allen Iverson was going to come in. He was going to get shots up. He was going to get buckets. He was fantastic for that Denver team for two more years. He maintained his trade value through two years, traded for Chauncey Billups two years later. So my case is basically, we probably would have won a playoff series at some point with that pairing. And I think Kevin Garnett would have played his whole career with the Timberwolves. And we would have been the coolest team of all time if we had Kevin Garnett and Allen Iverson <laughs> straight up in the trees, bro, in the black and blue and the home white trees. Get out of here. I have thought about this so many times because like there's that SI article that has like the Photoshop of like of AI passing it to KG and yeah. the blue trees jersey. I'm just like, oh God, why not? Why not? Durf, what did what did Brandon's amazing ramblings make you feel? Because I am on the moon right yeah. now, just thinking about it. <laughs> Um, you know, we, we might have a younger audience that probably doesn't know much about Allen Iverson. Beck, do you know, can you confirm, like, was he good at basketball or Um, like, yes, Allen Iverson, Allen Iverson was very good at basketball. Uh, he is in the top 10 all time in NBA and scoring. Um, he pretty much single-handedly carried the Philadelphia 76ers to the NBA finals in 2001. Um, the second best player on that NBA finals team that did lose. Uh, to the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, the second best player on that team was Dikembe Mutombo at like Eric, age 36. That's Eric Snow erasure. How dare you? 
Eric Snow is my go. Um, uh, so yeah, no, pretty, pretty Allen good. Iverson uh, was good. He yeah, also um, had like the best Hall of Fame induction speech of all time. I've whenever I want to cry, like every six months when I got to let it out. If it's at Ricky Rubio retiring, it's watching. Now you got Ricky Rubio highlights to yeah. make you cry. I, oh my god! What again, I, I don't. Th- I don't think the younger generation knows that AI, current AI these days, is actually named after Allen Iverson because it creates nothing out of something, not something out of nothing. I flip flopped it. Damn it! The joke's ruined. Dude, all right. Anyway, bar. Yeah, bar it's kind of it's a That's bar if nice. I didn't f it up, dude. I like. That. I think uh, I just I, think I just fine. thought of that improv. Um, improv boy. Yeah, I, I would do it. <laughs> If I can go back, I would do the trade. Uh, I I think, yeah, obviously, I think we we would have been amazing with him. But I also like, (laughs) to your point, Jelly, that would have been picturing him in those, the perfect jerseys, the black jerseys with the trim would look so good. And like, if he plays a couple of years here, like the Wolves alumni team has been definitely like going forward and getting more people, like more former players in the arena recently. Imagine if like, oh, guess who's here? Allen Iverson. (laughs) We all just lose our minds. Like Um, imagine him in that jersey with KG stepping over dudes, like high stepping over guys. Yeah. God, it just, it it. just makes me sad. It just makes me sad when I look at what he was traded for. And it was basically like, an old guy, an expiring contract, and a couple first round picks. And then we were just like, okay, we're not going to do that. And we're going to be the worst team in the NBA for 15 straight years. Yeah. It really changes everything. But if that happens, probably no cat, probably no ant, huh? The dom- the butterfly effect? Maybe, yeah. There's I mean, a, the butterfly yeah. effect. I mean, the butterfly effect is like if they win some random game in January in like 2004, that changes everything. I mean, it does change everything. Uh, any final oh. words on the AI thing? Besides that, it's the coolest thing to ever think about. I think that's it. I just I think about it very often. <laughs> it's it's. it's I try, I try not to for my mental health. It is. It's amazing to think about, but the the reality that it didn't happen is very sad. It's. I don't want to say it's I'm just Empire, realizing that but it is all three Empire. of these. I'm just realizing that all three of our things are about point guards. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. It's We're almost, like, point guard it's almost like we've had a glaring need for 20 years. <laughs> uh, that's a great segue, Brandon. All right. Another another awesome point guard to pair with Kevin Garnett. Stefan Marbury. Durf, take us through the circumstances if Stefan Marbury never Stephon Marbury. My guy. <laughs> this is an all-time Durf episode. This is an all-time Durf episode. You can, if you're listening, he just... I just revealed a Stefan Marbury jersey and I got my kicks right here, baby. I got my fresh, uh, hardly used Stefan Marbury size 12 and a half, 13s. Um, they were an eBay purchase for like $19. They've, what, a, what a purchase. They've basically never been worn um, in condition. Let me know if you have offers. <laughs> um, what if, what if Stefan Marbury had never soured on the Timberwolves? A point guard by the name of Stefan Marbury was selected fourth overall by the Bucks and was then traded to Minnesota for the on, on draft night for the rights to Ray Allen. That one also hurts to think about. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a reality. I don't think it was ever going to happen, right? Yeah, but we also got a first round pick and we got Rasho Nesterovich because of it. <laughs> yeah, we did. Ah, uh, Rasho, what a guy. I, th- I think we won that trade. What year was this, Durf? I think this, said it by this was 1996, I believe. Right, yeah, because cool. 96, 97 was his first year with the Wolves. His three seasons spent with the Wolves, he helped Kevin Garnett and Flip Saunders catapult the Timberwolves into playoff contention and relevancy before ultimately demanding a trade to a larger market where he could he could get what he viewed as a more lucrative deal, also allegedly get closer to family and friends. But we yeah. know that we know the truth. Um, fun fact. Uh, Stefan Marbury also follows me on Twitter. Um, not a big deal or anything. He also follows five fifty six thousand other people. But uh, I got in. I got in when he was doing followbacks, like two thousand thirteen. Real. That's real. Uh, let's see. My opinion. Um, what if Stefan Marbury had stayed with the Minnesota Timberwolves? I think you know what. I went all in. I'm not. I'm not as tempered as Beck. I think we would have won. I not won. I think we would have had multiple Western Conference Finals appearances, more than just the one. Um, I don't know that we would have won them, but I think we would have appeared in more than just the one that we did. Uh, we ended up trading him, uh, or when we did trade him, we traded him for in a three-team trade for Terrell Brandon, 
um, we, let's see, what was it? I forgot to write this down, but it was um, Sam Cassell to Milwaukee. And then we sent Stefan Marbury to the Nets and then we got Terrell Brandon back. And Terrell Brandon was pretty solid, but he was also 28 years old. So we traded a 21-year-old 20, budding super, possibly superstar point guard for an older, close-to-retirement aged um, point guard. So we're kind of like not aligning with, with KG's window, um, and it kind of set us back a little bit. Like I said, he was 21. If you would have kept him, you would have had two budding superstars at the same time that their timelines aligned at the same time. And by the time that we finally got like, again, sorry, I, I've skipped over this part. Terrell Brandon's best season or best season with the Wolves was his first season. And then he dipped right after that. Yeah. And then eventually we got he Sam Cassell. He got, he, sorry, he got hurt. That's, you know, more than I do. Um, but, uh, and then we acquired Sam Cassell in the one year that we had a very, very good point guard. Again, he was 34 years old when we got him. We went to the conference finals. So in my eyes, if you have a, a singular point guard that you're working with, building chemistry around the team, building the team around those two superstars, ergo, multiple. Final. Yeah. Yeah. That last, that last bit there really sold me on like the, uh, like the, like the, the firepower of the team. So I'm looking at Stefan's stats, like, his last year with us, he was averaging like 17 a game. And then he was like low to mid twenties up until like the last much, like three years of his career. So like yeah. that, again, that helps the the offensive firepower thing that Beck was talking about um, with the AI thing. And again, just like we, we did get to see Stefan and KG and those jerseys together. So again, we have a cool history, but I wanted more cool history. And just think about the people we could surround them with. Um, we don't need to do the Joe Smith deals. We actually draft people for, you know, you can mm -hmm. actually get picks. Brandon, what do you make? What do you make of this? Years. I think so. I think it requires. I think this what if also like requires like a caveat of like what if Stefan Marbury wasn't a total and complete head case. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's that's implied because in the because like if you're gonna keep him, who's to say if he's just still the same Stefan Marbury, it's not like he was a model citizen after the Timberwolves. Was, yeah. But like, what happened? Like, why is he ahead? I was too young to remember this. I'm going to his wiki. Like, is there, was he just like an egomaniac or was there actual like, scary? yeah, he, I mean, he was just speaking of like disease of more like constantly getting into it with teammates. I mean, his mm -hmm. career was basically over when he, and he went and played in China and he's like Michael Jordan in China. Yeah. He played for the, yeah. he played for the brave dragons, which is, I need, I need a Stefan Marbury brave dragons Jersey. Cause that is a hell of a team name. Um, I don't think that's a head case. I think that's like, just a mean well, guy. And, and this, what if wasn't, it wasn't what if the wolves never traded him. It was what if he had like never soured on the Timberwolves. So th I guess that implies yeah, yeah. like there's a character shift. That, that's what that's, yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. I think we're we need to it, yeah, a yeah, requirement yeah. of this is is that it's not just we refuse to trade the disgruntled <laughs> Stefan Marbury. It's that like <laughs> what just, if Stefan Marbury had grown up a little bit? <laughs> what if we refuse um, to trade but, him? I mean, yeah, well, he's, he's a fantastic he sat for 70 games. So he was a fantastic player. He made two all-star teams um in in his like post Timberwolves playing career, but like I said, he was he was essentially, I mean, he played till he was 31, but he was really, he became pretty irrelevant by like age 29. Um, yeah. So uh, all that's to say, I think that where they ended up in the Stefan Marbury thing, the fact that it's like, God bless the broken road that led them to Sam Cassell yeah. uh, is actually like a pretty positive outcome when you consider that whole thing. Um the biggest issue was that they traded Sam Cassell then and multiple first round picks for Marco Yarich. Yeah, that was not a good saga in the perpetual rotating door of Timberwolves. Point <laughs> I, guards. I actually but think I, I sorry, Stefan Marbury. I, I was just gonna say the Stefan Marbury trade tree was like Stefan Marbury for Terrell Brandon. Decent trade. Terrell Brandon for Sam Cassell. Good trade. Sam Cassell and picks for Marco Yarich. What the hell, guys? <laughs> but he was super hot. No, Dude, I think I think if I was if I was picking my my own like what if in this scenario, it would be we would just traded Stefan Marbury for Sam Cassell instead of Terrell Brandon. I would have traded Stefan Marbury for Allen Iverson. <laughs> <laughs> for LeBron James. For LeBron James. We, and we would have been getting out. We would have been getting 1999 like 
peak Allen Iverson. It would have been, it would have been great. It would have been awesome. Any Apparently, final he's not on... worth anything. So, shit, man. Uh, any final words on Stefan before I go through uh, something that will probably make me emotional? It's all yours. I all say right. you go for it. Let's go. What if Ricky Rubio never tore his ACL? Let me remind you of the day, March 9th, 2012. It was a Friday. If you're at that game, you saw people wearing t shirts that read Darko on them. The O was me. Um, the Timberwolves were 21 and 20 in the shortened 2011 season. They were ninth in the Western Conference, a half game behind the Houston Rockets and breathing down the necks of the Lakers, Nuggets, and Mavericks. It was a tight Western Conference, and we were right there thanks to the renewed genius of head coach Rick Adelman and riding the wave of Kevin Love, Nikola Pekovic, Michael Beasley, and the arrival of our long-awaited international superstar rookie, La Pistola, Ricky Rubio. Ricky was the rookie of the month in December and was organizing the offense in a way that made us uh, regular features in the Sports Center top ten, and also relit the flame of passion for a franchise gone haywire since the folks who made up the return of the KG trade fell to the wayside. It was all glorious until late in the fourth quarter, in a one point game when Kobe Bryant and Ricky Rubio had their knees collide, and down he went. I was at that freaking game, like I said, and the Target Center went silent. The way Ricky fell, the way he reacted, we all knew it happened, and we found out that we were right 12 hours later. After Ricky tore his ACL, the Timberwolves would only win five more games that season, landing at 26-40, and 40, the third worst in the Western Conference. So I pause the question, gentlemen. What would have happened if Ricky didn't tear his ACL? They would have beaten the Lakers on that fateful Friday night, and by projecting their 22-20 and 20 win percentage through the remainder of the year, that would have put them at 35-31. and 31. With some creative analysis as to where they got those extra nine wins, they would have put them at the eighth seed to face off against the top-seeded Spurs. Get this. The Spurs, or the Wolves, played the Spurs three times in the 2011 season, and two, and they were 2-1. and one. Those two victories came while Ricky Rubio was healthy. Do I think the Wolves would have beaten the number one-seeded San Antonio Spurs with Manu Ginobili, Tim Duncan? One of the greatest Parker? dynasties in the history yeah. of basketball. And baby Kawhi. <laughs> Do I think they win? No. But I yes. think they win two games. And I do think that, is, that this victory gives them more ammo to make moves and go all in on, on the the very uh, touted Ricky Rubio, Michael Beasley, Kevin Love window. Um, I was doing the numbers. on like, what if they did better? Like, how does that impact the draft? It doesn't really impact, impact their draft status next year since we traded our first round pick a few years prior, a few, a few years prior in that Marco Yarrick deal that we were talking about and we also had pick 18 from the jazz that we got from the al jefferson trade that we used to get chase budinger so we only got robbie hummel that year um my weird take with this ricky rubio what if is that if he doesn't get hurt we are worse nowadays i know this is shocking to hear from me but if ricky doesn't get hurt and we end up as a weird but promising eight seed given the makeup of the western conference at that time right this is like prime thunder this is the start of like the second leg of the of the third leg probably of the spurs dynasty um david khan's abysmal asset management would not have gotten us much farther than the eighth seed for the next few years and you know who a middle of the road team drafts in 2015 kelly Oubre or scary terry rosier you know who we got to take Carl Anthony Towns. It sucks to realize, but the front office kneecapped the Timberwolves long before Kobe Bryant kneecapped Ricky Rubio. That's my take. <laughs> oh, God. On the day he retires. Yes. Your thoughts. Um. So my thought, I, I don't think they would have made the playoffs that year with or without Ricky Rubio. Well, Brandon, um, I ran the numbers. I did the analysis, and they would have made the playoffs. So I know what you did there with the creative analysis because they needed 36 wins to make the playoffs, but I'm guessing one of their 35 came against one of those teams. Three of them did. <laughs> because when you said that, I was like, well, they missed the playoffs by one game then. Nope. Nope. I found the wins. Um, I think you just, you found the votes. Yeah, I found them. I'm gonna need you to find the wins. <laughs> they stole the eight seed. They stole the eight seed. <laughs> Stop the Stop standings. The Stop the standings. <laughs> At 21 and 20, we yelled, Stop the count. <laughs> You're are we to believe that the Timberwolves were 21 and 20 and then only won five <laughs> games the rest of the season? That sounds pretty fraudulent to me. <laughs> You're spitting, bro. You're spitting. <laughs> Um, for me, the Ricky Rubio what if is less about 
the outcome of that season and the outcome of the the like the Timberwolves like at this point down in the down the road because once again like butterfly effect is just you change these things you when you get way far down the road things are way different I'm just more curious as to what Ricky Rubio's career looks like like does he plateau the way he did if he never gets hurt because Ricky Rubio had a fantastic career, but, but rookie year, Ricky Rubio isn't that much different a player than 31 year old Ricky Rubio was. And was that a result of him being physically hampered by this injury? Was that a result of him, his development being stunted or was that just always going to be the case for him? And that's where the, what Mm. if kind of comes in for me is what was there a better Ricky Rubio career to be had without that injury at such a young age? I guess, or, I, I guess, well, to your point, sorry, Durf, to your point, Brandon, he was always been so consistently just him. I was like, yeah, I guess he just came in excellent first team, all rookie. And then that was it. Uh, so I agree with you. And I couldn't, it's hard to wrap my mind around that because it's all we ever saw. Durf, what do you got? I was just going to say, or is a Henry Rowan Gardner situation <laughs> okay. where the oh, knee injury is what caused him <laughs> to be such an elite passer. His <laughs> knee is like, his knee is super elastic. So he's just, he's just throwing out crazy dunks when he yeah. jumps off of that leg. Exactly. Uh, that uh, is a ref- that is a reference to the '90s film, I think, uh, Rookie of the Year. Correct? Rookie of the Durf Year. has no faith that any of our listeners have seen anything. <laughs> I just assume all of our listeners are 16 years old. Is Rookie of the Year with Dennis Quaid? No, that's no, that's the no, that's the rookie. Oh wait, what's Rookie of rookie the Year? Rookie of the Year is with Rookie of the what? Year is the one that's what I'm referencing. Elbows messed up. Yeah, it's the kid who he falls on his elbow and he can suddenly throw like 95 mile per hour fastballs. And he, I, the, I think he signs with the, the Cubs or the Cubs. It's, it's no, the, the Cubs. Cubs, the twins is little big league. <laughs> there's so many, there's so many of these boobies. I thought that was bridge to Terabithia. <laughs> no, that's of, the prequel to new girl. Oh, that's right. Um, Lord, Lord of the Kings. What Lord of the Kings. About? Lord of the Kings. All right. Uh, uh, what are we talking about? Ricky Rubio. I think you're going to do an ad read. You guys ever think about time <laughs> and how fast it goes? <laughs> um, it seems like just yesterday we were watching Shepherd Goods Lamb Chops just be a little brand sold out of Bethel University. And now it is a massive courtside brand at Minnesota Timberwolves games. This episode is brought to you by Lamb Chops, baby. All right. If you need, again, we're talking about being cozy. You need good hoodies in the winter. You want to you be cozy. You want to be comfy, but you also want to be fashionable. SGLambChops.com or at SG Lamb Chops on social media. They are in an exquisite brand that focuses on premium products, great fits, and has a positive message, much like the butcher cuts the fat off the meat. You're supposed to get the bad things out of your life. That's why their logo is a cleaver at SG Lamb Chops on social media or SGLambChops.com to buy products. When you're checking out products in the notes section, say, hey, Jordan, that's the owner, Jordan Die. Say, hey, Jordan, I'm a member of Panty Nation. Make some panties for us. Cool. Love you. Bye. Put that in the little comment and then he'll text what? us about what? it. He'll be like, yeah, tell him. Make I, some I, panties Make some panties. Us. Make some panties for Panty Nation. He should. With a knife on it? That'd be cool. He does make, pa- he does make a- pants. He does make pants. He's taking a weird turn. I think it's funny. Imagine if a bunch of people, he just saw that, that, that a bunch of people want to make panties. I think it's a funny bit. Do you want me to cut it? I'm sorry. I mean, I, I don't, I don't need to cut it. I don't think you have to cut it. I was really proud of that joke. Actually, I kind of regret it. Whatever. It's time for <laughs> Random Wolf of, of the Week. Our <laughs> episode started. This I shouldn't. I, we shouldn't record when I'm emotional, or we should only record when I'm emotional. I think it's because I'm leaning. I think it's because I'm leaning back. <laughs> I'm, really, I've been I've been holding this mic in my hand the entire time. It's a cool vibe, dude. You my wrists awesome. are gonna be ripped. Like, yeah, dude. Aren't you the are you are you the R Wower today? Yeah. 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 I absolutely. Right, am. Give it to me. So, um, all right, uh, for, uh, for, uh, hint free uh, guest, guest, hint free guest, <laughs> Brandon, I want to let you have this actually. No, um, I want it. What the hell? I don't, I don't think you deserve it. <laughs> I think I get it. <laughs> I want it. You always get to do it. Hey, I fine. Just say it. it just say it. No, I don't. Yeah, dude. Michael, all the candy. You didn't get, you didn't get it in time, Brandon. All the candy. 
Uh, Michael Candy is incorrect. Shit. Brandon, you should have done it. I knew that wasn't it. It's time for clue number one. Clue number, number one. one. Before entering the NBA, this former Minnesota Timberwolves spent seven seasons playing overseas in Italy and Greece. Before entering the NBA. Before entering the NBA. In Italy and Greece. Uh, in Italy and Greece. Is it? Uh, is that Balmaro? Nemanja. No, it's Belitza. That is incorrect. Clue number two. Number two. During his best season in the NBA, he averaged eight points, 7.3 rebounds, and zero three-pointers, neither attempted nor made in that order. Huh. Interesting. He's a he's a foreign he's a foreign big man. It was that's a big man. It was Greece and what? Where do you play? Greece and Italy. Italy and Greece. Hmm, so it's probably a white man. There's a white man. That's, that's a white man. Um geez. Trying to think. Wouldn't be wouldn't be Pekovic. How many points per game? He's Serbian. Oh yeah, and that's way too few points and rebounds per game. What was the points, Brandon? I forgot. It was like eight, eight and seven or something. Uh, eight, seven point three, and zero three pointers. Eight point zero on the nose. So he's a round math guy. <laughs> he's a big round math guy. Um, round math guy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Geez. We also have to factor in that sometimes Durf just gets the stats wrong. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I don't know how you. I don't know how you factor that in. That could be anybody. <laughs> well, that's like I'm like it's thinking, Kobe like, is it Bryant. Leandro Balmaro. I'm like, is it Leandro Balmaro? But no, those stats are wrong. No, but and like, also, but maybe <laughs> Balmaro is uh, Argentinian. Was it Rasho? We were talking about Rasho earlier. Did we throw in a Rasho guess. Rasho Nesterovich is incorrect. Clue yeah. number three. Number three. He was on the roster during five of the Wolves' first eight playoff seasons dang so okay we're kind of locking in here so rasha wasn't inter- wasn't terribly wrong um hmm. who are the who are the centers on that team like irvin johnson that was oh, what a guy i mean that was kind of the problem with dean garrett so, dean garrett what a guy number 42 what was his number uh i don't want to tell you oh also man. don't know what it is offhand Hmm. Five seasons, and they were the first five playoff seasons. So that's like I I said no like five, five of the Wolves' first eight playoffs. So they they oh. were in the playoffs eight years in a row. Five of those seasons. Um. Well, so he had a so he might have. Are you sure it wasn't Rosho? Yes. Okay. Is, is it Mark Madsen? <laughs> that counts as your second, as your third guess. Um, it was not Mark Madsen. Clue number four. This number four. Fo- this former wolf was the first hint-free guess that Chalenga Langison made during his first appearance on Crunch. Oh, it's Wolves. Dean Garrett. Dean Garrett is correct. Wow. Sh- shout out to Chalenga. Shots Chalenga. I, I, you were real close. You said it. You when you're naming the you were, yeah. I said Dean Garrett. Him. I tried to look not look guilty. He didn't want to say number twenty-two. That was Dean Garrett. <laughs> if he said if he said number twenty-two, was it the number? No, no, no. Clue number five was his first name is another name for the principal of a college or university. His first name is a great <laughs> character and community. I actually, oh I, I actually really wanted. I was gonna say <laughs> he shares a same first name as uh, Dean Pelton from Community, that's but I know so that's funny. not actually his first name. <laughs> What, then I thought what, you would have guessed guessed like Craig uh, Craig Smith. Is it Craig yeah. Smith? Yeah. yeah, it's it's the weekend. Yeah, but Jeffrey. I would have Call known me Craig. Craig Smith. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but we wow. knew Craig Smith wasn't on any playoff teams. Yeah, fair enough. He was number five. See, I know numbers so good. <laughs> you know the you know jersey, that number too. You, you know jersey numbers. Beck knows the rest of the numbers. Yeah, dude, we, we are so comprehensive. Just complete each other. Okay. Yeah. Okay. One 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 number guess. Shabazz Napier. Three. No. No, I think oh, he's no. like, I think There's he's a like three in it. Is it 13? 
There's a three in there. He's no. 13. Is he 13? Yes, he, I'm looking at it right now. Dude, Who else was why, 13? That's why they called me the they call me the number man. Was in was, two history was Luke Ridenauer, was Luke Ridenauer? Was 13, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. Yeah, Luke. Yeah. Well, uh, anything else we want to talk about? Basketball Reference has a has a great page where you can just go and you can see everyone who's worn a jersey number for every team. <laughs> I love a, that page. We're gonna have a bonus segment where it's just us saying just players' numbers. names and then Jordan guessing them and it's guessing, guessing jersey numbers. It's not guessing; yeah. it's knowing. It's just okay. unlocking. Okay, um, buddy. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Crunch. Where's no pants? If you made it this far into the episode, please remember to give us a review on Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, remember, five stars or one stars, no twos or threes or fours. If you're gonna say something, stand, stand on, on it. it. Also, make sure you follow us on social stand media, on it, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at No Pants Crunch. And am I missing anything? Oh yeah, if you're driving like a stupid dumb idiot, I hope that you crash into something, but doesn't, but you don't harm anyone when you're driving stupid on residential roads. I hope you crash into a tree, and I hope you don't get hurt. But I hope your car does, and I hope it causes financial wreck for you because you're driving dumb in a residential area. Okay, love you. Bye. I'm not paralyzed, but I see Bye. you be struck by you.